Latin America has always, since the colonization times, depend on extracting and exporting its resources, had, having added very, very little value to it. And hence, intelligence, and, uh, you know, skills, jobs, etc., are limited and not, not even compared to the, the wealth of resources that we have. So I think circular economy can close that gap and deliver better growth. Welcome to the Circular Economy podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. You are listening to the Circular Economy Show podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, where we develop and promote the idea of a circular economy and engage key actors to mobilize system solutions at scale. That was Foundation's Luisa Santiago, the lead of the Latin American team, discussing the traditional linear and extractive economic system in the region, which does not leverage the wealth of the natural resources and the potential of a circular economy to transform the region. This podcast is based on a recent conversation we had with several experts from the region, and you will be hearing all about from all of them. Adriana zacarias Farah from the United Nations Environment Programme, Rose Mavasa from the United Nations Climate Technology Center and Network, Luisa Santiago, the Latin American lead at the foundation, and Rolando Castro, the vice minister from the Ministry of Environment and Energy of Costa Rica. My name is Laura Franco, I'll be your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Seb Egerton-Reed. Hi, Seb. What can our audience expect to learn in this episode? Hi, Lara. Thank you. Great to be riding shotgun with you once again for this episode of the podcast. So we'll be hearing about the expansion of the circular economy in the Latin America and Caribbean region, why the starting point and local context matter so much when we're talking about scaling a new framework in this context, and how it can help tackle some of the global challenges that the region is facing. Thank you, Seb. Well, without further ado, let's kick off the podcast by hearing from Luisa on what is the specific context of the circular economy in Latin America and the Caribbean region, and also what has been the kind of growth that this concept has kind of seen over the past five years. Well, indeed, um, Latin America is a very different environment from, you know, the European environment. When And when we talk about a circular economy here, starting points are very different from what the foundation used to do before moving to its first market outside of the European continent here. Um, so... When I first started working with the foundation in 2015, it's over five years now, uh, an immediate realization I had is that the starting point to talk about circular economy were, is very different. So in Europe, basically, the resource scarcity was an important aspect, an important trigger to talk about it. Um, here in Latin America and the Caribbean region, it's actually the opposite. We talk about um, a circular economy in a the most resource abundant regions in the world and the most biodiverse one. Um, so it's, but also it is very reliant on the extractive linear models and the extractive industries. And, and hence uh, what happened in the, in the last centuries uh, is that the region didn't really sustain um, economic growth. It didn't add much value to the region's um, uh, natural resources. And it, it also didn't, um, successfully distributed the wealth uh, um, in the society. So when we talk about a circular economy here, uh, it is it, it, it remains an important solutions framework to some of the biggest challenges of our times, like climate crisis, the loss of biodiversity, waste and pollution. 
And things have changed a lot during the five years that Louisa has worked at the foundation. When I first started, um, the circular economy was very unknown, to be honest. People, many people in businesses, um, policymakers, they didn't even hear about, they haven't even heard about the topic. Uh, and the very few times where it kind of was there, it was very much related to the downstream agenda, the recycling, the waste management agenda. Um, so very often I had to explain from zero what a circular economy was. Um, and that was just five and a half years ago. I mean, of course, people that, have, that are very into the, the whole agenda, uh, you know, were more familiar to it. Although until today, you still hear a lot of, uh, of that connected to the waste and recycling agendas. Um, but what is really interesting to see is that the, the region picked up the topic very quickly. And this, the steep growth of the understanding and the practices of a circular economy in the region were quite incredible. Um, so from nearly zero to now, what we see is an incredible momentum with policymakers putting, uh, putting out their national roadmaps, national strategies to really re reshape the entire economy of countries like Colombia, like um, Chile, like Costa Rica and others. It is incredible to see how quickly the understanding of a circular economy has expanded in the region. Actually, in a study published by the Conrad Adnar Foundation, or KAS, in 2019, there were 80 public policy initiatives in the region, focused mainly on waste management. However, we've seen this change only within a year, and in a later study in 2020, this number had increased to over 180 initiatives. Seb, is this why they decided to set up the coalition? I'm really glad that we divided up this podcast in a way that meant you had to say that name. I'll be sticking to Castellara. And most definitely, what we know about the Circle Me concept is that it can scale really fast. And that's what we're seeing by, with the take up and energy around the concept described by that research. Um, so, yes, next up, we're going to find out how did the Latin America and Caribbean Circle Me Coalition come about? And let's hear from Adriana from the United Nations Environment Programme to tell us about that. By the end of 2019, there was a 18, 19, there was a growing interest by countries, private sector, academia on circular economy, and we saw more and more initiatives, policies, and at the same time, also we as international organizations were increasing our offer. And I remember very well uh, the day I was talking actually with my colleagues that I'm sharing the panel today. I was talking to Nicole from the Conrad Adenauer Foundation and she was telling me on the study they were doing on mapping circular economy policies. That same day I talked to Luisa and she's telling me about other study that they wanted to, to start and it was so much interlinked. And that same week, UNIDO was organizing a, 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 the Circular Economy Forum for the Southern Corn. And I said, oh God, we are doing too much, <laughs> too many things. We are duplicating, I say. And this is when this idea of the coalition came. And I say, we need to do a coalition. We need to join forces. And that's how I started to contact each of the partners. So. CTCN, for example, we were already working with them in some of the countries they are supporting. Um, then the IDB was supporting the Alliance, the Pacific Alliance on Plastics. Having identified 
the overlaps in focus, it was only natural to start working together to find a common vision for the region. So to make the story short, we all came together and make a concept note uh, for the coalition that was presented at the Regional Forum of Ministers of Environment here in Latin America and the Caribbean. So we brought this proposal like, what about if we create this regional coalition on circular economy? And I was very happy to see that countries say, yes. The first thing is, yes, we need a platform where we can exchange knowledge among countries in the region and maybe the ones like Chile, Colombia, Ecuador that had already their strategies can share that with other countries. The second uh, request was we need to have an own vision. What is circular economy in Latin America? As Luisa said, no, it's one, the region with the mega biodiversity. Are we using that? I mean, a country, a region with a extractive economy. So what does it mean? What are our opportunities, challenges? And the third message one was really interesting and coming from the Caribbean was circular economy has to look at the region and not only national territories, because at the end of the day, for countries in particular in the Caribbean, that also has implications of cooperation, trade, etc. So here is when the countries gave us a green light and say, yes, do that. And, and then during 2020 last year, we were really coming together in doing the TORs. And the last thing, just to say, bring in champion countries, because we want this coalition to be driven by countries and responding to their priorities. So then is when we were very happy to have now in the string committee, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic and Peru. Time and time again, we see that collaboration is a big part of the story when it comes to making the circular economy happen. In the previous episode of this podcast, for instance, we were discussing the Universal Circular Economy Policy Goals with a variety of stakeholders. Those are five policy goals designed to stimulate action towards the circular economy and create a common vision. So really, all of this speaks to the fact that this is a much bigger idea than glorified recycling. Right, Lara? Well, it really is a bigger idea, Seb. It's a system solution framework that allows countries to address challenges that they are facing, such as climate change, biodiversity loss and waste and pollution. Next up, we're going to hear from Rose, who's the director at the UN's Climate Technology Centre and Networks, or as I'm going to call it from now on, CTCN. So let's find out who they are and what they do. The CTCN, or the Climate Technology Centre and Network, is actually a mechanism of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change uh, that specifically was set in place by member states uh, to facilitate the transfer of environmentally sound technologies from developed countries to developing countries. And in establishing um, the CTCN, um, the member states also established um, national focal points in 161 countries to facilitate that technology transfer. Now, um, we are a center, uh, which I run, but we are also a facilitator of a network now of around over 600 entities, the majority of them private sector companies. And therein, I think, lies the strength of what we do because it is this network of partners that delivers the technologies to the developing countries. And so being a partnership-based institution, we really saw a great value in joining the Coalition on Secular Economy because we know the power of synergy and partnerships private sector NGOs working with governments and the UN entities. 
So right now for the CTCM, uh, we're based in Copenhagen in the UN city. We are hosted by the government of Denmark. Uh, but we have regional offices in the LAC region um, hosted by UNEP. And we have one um, in uh, the Asia Pacific region as well in Bangkok that is also hosted by UNEP and in Nairobi. And the reason we are hosted by UNEP um, is because UNEP has an agreement with the UNFCCC to host all the operational activities of its technology framework. And this has worked out extremely very well. We are now operational in over 100 countries and we have facilitated over 280 technology transfers, uh, many of those relate to circularity actions in various sectors in these countries. So we know now who CTCN are, but it's also important to understand what they are working on with the circular economy. And so starting 2018, it was very interesting for us to see um, countries in the Latin American region coming to us requesting for support on secular on their secular economy. And so by 2019, we had finalized the initial discussions with the first four or five countries to start supporting them. And what really countries wanted was a, a comprehensive approach. So they say we want to start off with a roadmap to really understand what a future of circularity would look like in our countries. Where are the options? What are the obstacles and challenges we currently face and how could we possibly deal with them? What kind of partnerships um, should we have for both public and private sector to enhance our circularity work? And of course, most importantly, for the work we do at the CTCM, what kind of technologies would we need uh, to build a very successful and effective circular industry across all sectors in the Latin American region? So we just heard that the starting point to talk about the circular economy in Latin America and the Caribbean region is quite different from Europe's. The local context matters and local and regional challenges and opportunities are key in implementing or scaling successfully the circular economy. Right, Seb? It's true that when I think about the circular economy, we want a global vision applied in variety of local contexts. And it also makes me think about this notion of scale in a circular economy. Scale in a linear economy is about massive supply chains, you know, maybe very large operators dominating the market. When I think about scale in a circle, we're often talking about scale of individual practices, scale of certain agricultural practices or repair or remanufacturing, which take place locally. We're talking about an economy operating at very many different scales at the same time. Right, Seb, this new economy faces some challenges and opportunities that perhaps the linear economy didn't take into account. And Rose took us through some of them, the ones that the CTCN has identified through their work. Latin America is extremely resource-rich and the level of extraction is intense. A lot of this um, extraction has remained exactly at that level with varying degrees of um, industrialization and production in countries, but largely the volume of wealth and extraction in the continent is not reflected at all in the level of industrialization. And so one of the things we are learning as we work with the countries and developing their circular economies is how to literally leapfrog, as it were, go into industrialization best of a rich resource um, availability into a systems production that is circular. I think there's a real opportunity there. Uh, but there is a challenge 
for the current industrialization levels of um, repurposing a lot of those industries to become circular because they were really designed on a linear process that is not circular. It's costly. Um, it takes a degree of innovation um, because with the, even with the technological transfer that we facilitate, a lot of national level innovation needs to go into purposing those technologies to serve the needs of these countries and the resources they have. And really, there hasn't been a lot of investment either in the private sector, in this industry, or in government uh, for a long time into the level of innovation that would enable a seamless transition to circularity. So there's a lot of investment that needs to go that into that, both financing, uh, but also just in the level of um, technical expertise. Uh, it's not just for technology or industry, but also for policy. The kind of tax incentives, for example, that would enable the industry to repurpose or leapfrog into circularity. Rose from CTCN said there's a real opportunity to leapfrog, as it were, to a circular economy. Louisa from the foundation emphasises the importance of having a defined vision. Uh, so what we really want to explore and, and, and tailor to the region is what is this vision? What is this exciting vision that the region wants to look at in order to uh, concentrate or concertate efforts um, in the different groups of stakeholders to really create and collaborate for systems change. We really need to look at a new era of development, a new wave of development that will create sustained growth, adding value and regenerative value uh, to the natural resources that will distribute wealth and be much better to the entire society um, and will make Latin America uh, a very uh, prosper continent because of its wealth, uh, natural wealth, the biodiversity itself as a core aspect of creating economic value and the um, uh, the distribution of wealth creating really um, uh, or reducing vulnerabilities of so many parts of the society. So we've heard a bit about the vision. Of course, we needed to also talk in the context of the current COVID-19 pandemic. And Adriana from UNEP actually had something to say about the role of the circular economy to recover from it. We want to have a systemic change, a new paradigm. And in this, I think the coalition will, will address the global challenges, but bring in regional solutions. So how, how do we respond, for example, let's see now in our context with the pandemic. Uh, how can circular economy contribute to the green recovery? Uh, and I want to say something really beautiful. Last week, uh, the, the minister of the prime minister of Barbados was saying, we don't need to build back better. We need to build forward better. And this is the thing, we, want, we don't want to go back. We want to see a new development, just as Luisa was saying. This is an economic and societal opportunity then. We know by some assessment, for example, from the International Labour Organization, Latin America and the Caribbean could generate 4.8 million jobs if we embrace circular economy. So how do we make this happen? So I think that's the first contribution that we need to size in the region and support countries in that. The second one, climate change. Yes, we talk about global things and, and national um, strategies, but as a region, how can also we join forces so that really, as some of the reports from Helen MacArthur is saying, you know, if, if circular economy and if we change the way we are producing products and, and food, 
if with that we can address 45% of the greenhouses emissions, so how can we provide more technological support as CTCN is doing, or the knowledge, the indicators, the support to industry. And then the other one, biodiversity, definitely. This year we have the COP for climate change for biodiversity. So some studies that we have done with the International Resource Panel are indicating that in some sectors, just by embracing the principles of um, circular economy, let's say, re um, remanufacturing, repairing, etc. we could reduce, imagine this, 80 to 99% destruction of natural resources. Can we imagine the benefits for, for biodiversity? So, as Adriana has mentioned, the circular economy is this bigger idea that tackles global challenges, employment creation, climate change, biodiversity loss. Seb, surely we need to give some practical examples to our audience, right? And Lara, let me ask you this question first. Have you ever been to Costa Rica? I haven't myself, but I would love to go. Oh, it's, it's supposed to be absolutely glorious just between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans there in Central America. We can't take you to Costa Rica, but we can do is take you to the example of Costa Rica with uh, Rolando Castro, who's the Vice Minister of Environment and Energy in Costa Rica. And he's going to talk a bit about how this has all been done in practice and the role of the circular economy in the country's national decarbonisation plan. Costa Rica launched his decarbonisation plan in February 2019. And it's a very ambitious plan to decarbonise our economy by 2050. Even though Costa Rica has done important achievements in terms of um, electricity, for instance, we have an electricity matrix that is based on renewable energy, almost 100%. And also we were able to stop um, deforestation. We also have a lot of challenges in terms of uh, contributions to the uh, CO2 emissions. For instance, transportation, industry, agriculture, um, land development, construction, and so on. So the decarbonization plan sets goals for all these important topics. And uh, we are trying to do uh, measures in the short term, in the middle term, and in the long term in order to decarbonize our economy. And for this, Circular economy, it's a very important approach for the country in order to use the resources wisely to um, reduce um, waste and also to uh, reactivate our economy in a post-COVID era, but do it in a green way, in a sustainable way. And I think this is how decarbonization and circular economy are um, two uh, feet in order to walk this important path of the decarbonization and reactivation. Circular economy also represents an important opportunity for countries across the region to collaborate as part of reactivating their economies. But also I think it's important for our countries to be part of this coalition in order to share experiences best practices, you know, not so good uh, practices also that were used and probably uh, you can avoid other countries to, to, to make the same mistakes and also attract investments 
uh, also the multi multilateral uh, finance institutions can also uh, support this coalition and these initiatives in order to grant better markets for our products. An economically intelligent way to reactivate the economy. Rolando Castro speaks about the circular economy as a bigger idea to tackle global challenges and to drive better growth. So we've heard that the circular economy is key in the COVID-19 economic recovery because it tackles some of the global challenges that the region and its countries are facing. Employment creation, climate change or biodiversity loss among them. It is also a huge opportunity for collaboration and long-term prosperity in the Latin American Caribbean region that takes care of their abundant natural resources, as opposed to the short-term linear business as usual approach that Rolando was just mentioning. Seb, what are you taking away from this episode? I think two paradoxical things, Lara. One, of course, the Latin America context requires a different starting point, but also the real transferability of the idea of a circular economy. Those three principles, eliminate waste and pollution, keep materials and products in use, and regenerate natural systems, all underpinned by design. That's really transferable in this context. And that is all for this podcast. If you want to find out more, you can visit the Ellen MacArthur Foundation website and you can find the link to the coalition in the bio of this episode. Please do subscribe to our podcast and like, rate and share all those good things. We'll see you next time on the Circle Economy Show podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Thanks for listening to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation Circular Economy podcast. Don't forget to share, rate and subscribe. <laughs>